Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher. I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you're all well and you're doing well in God's blessings. Praise the Lord. We are talking about uh, the greater subject of God's grace and man's faith. And now we are talking about the Hebrews 11 heroes of faith. So let us go to verse 5 in Hebrews 11. And the first uh, hero of faith we studied was Abel. Uh, it says how he made unto who offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than his brother Cain, and and we we came to the conclusion that faith is a sacrifice. Now the second hero of faith we are looking at is uh, verse five. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So this is interesting because it says that Enoch never saw death. And he was not found. That means he disappeared and nobody ever found him. Why? because God had actually physically taken him up to heaven. And, uh, and so because of this, he had this testimony. God testified of him that he pleased God. Enoch pleased God. Now, this is interesting because Enoch, he was, um, I, had, I have forgotten exactly, but he was, um, uh, you know, Enoch, I think he lived to be 300 and, uh, 365 years old or something and Adam had also lived several hundred years so Enoch I think he was like six generations from Adam or five generations from Adam something like that so if you look at the genealogy and if you look at the length of years that uh, that Adam lived so Adam and Enoch must have met when Adam was an old man and Enoch was a young man, they must have met because their lives actually overlapped. Adam was very old when Enoch was very young. So their, their lives overlapped. And I can imagine, you know, that one day Enoch is visiting his great, 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 great grandfather, who's like the head of the family. And one day he's talking to his, uh, his great, 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 great grandfather, Adam, and he asks Adam, and he begins to ask him, this is just my, uh, my fantasy and my imagination. He's asking him, asking him, uh, Grandpa, can you tell me what it was like when you were young? And Grandpa uh, gets nostalgic and wistful and begins to tell Enoch. And he said that, you know, when I was young, we didn't live here. We lived in a place where there was no sin, there was no disease, uh, everything was wonderful. And Enoch said, where was that? He said, it was the Garden of Eden. Then he said, well, can't we go there? No, we can't because we fell into sin. I used to walk with God. And when I walked with God, everything was wonderful. But we sinned and we turned away from God. And that is why we ended up in this situation. So uh, I can imagine that Enoch began to long to walk with God like his great, 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 great grandfather had once done. And Enoch began to walk with God. In fact, it says in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21, and it says that uh, Enoch walked with God and he was no more for God took him. This is the account from Genesis. 
that Enoch walked with God and he walked with God and he was no more for God took him. And so Enoch walked with God and Enoch walked with God. He fellowshiped with God. He entered into a close intimacy with God. So uh, you can imagine Enoch because of that Enoch was different to everybody else. People who walk in such intimacy with God you can see that they're different from everybody else and sometimes you can even think that they're odd because it shows up in their behavior. You know they're kind of out of the ordinary and uh, one, one of my mentors was like that. Uh, Pastor Harold Bredesen, an amazing man. He could be he, he could be walking with you, and then as and then he'll start talking to Jesus. Oh yeah, Jesus, yes Lord, yeah yeah yeah. Okay okay yeah yeah. And then he would pray, and then uh, he would ask you how you're doing, and you would say, Well, Brother Bredesen, this is what happened. He said, Okay okay, let, let's praise the Lord. He said, Oh dear Jesus, oh, dear Jesus. Uh, uh, please, please show me. And, and Jesus would show him. I mean, just amazing. Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen had a walk like that. He uh, he used to, um, when he used to teach prayer school, I remember often, you know, he'd, he'd get on the platform and then he'd, he'd say, okay, let's pray. And he'd get on the knee, and on his knees and, and he would begin to pray. And when he was praying, he would talk to God. He said, yes, yes, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why, uh, Dad Hagen, he he was sometimes he was different. He he was different because he walked with God. People who walk with God, uh, what happens to them is that they come to a place where the heavenly is as real to them as the earthly. The rest of us we live in the earthly, but we have to sometimes reach out and touch the heavenly. And but they kind of live in that dimension as much as they live in this this dimension and they kind of go in and out all the time and they see things that other people cannot see and uh, dad he used to have visions all the time i'm talking about dad hagen he he used to have visions visions all the time in a meeting he could he could see stuff and uh, which we couldn't see and we were in the meeting so uh, enoch walked with god enoch had a uh, he he came into a place of intimacy with god uh, where it was not that he sought God for what God could do for him or but he or, or because he wanted miracles but he wanted to walk with God because he valued fellowship with God and beloved that is something we must have in our own lives that we seek the Lord not for what the Lord can do but we 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 seek the Lord because we value our fellowship with him because that because you remember Jesus said in, in Matthew he said come unto me all ye that labor you know there's a place where we have to come unto him and into the place of intimacy into the place of fellowship just to be with him beloved that is that is a lost art in the church because uh, you don't hear much of that anymore. But we have, that is a part of the life of faith. So Enoch, he began to walk with God. 
and his walk with he walked in such an intimacy with the father and i heard an old pastor say that you know when when enoch would walk with god he would be walking with god arm in arm and people would look at enoch and enoch would be talking to god and they said he was the first pentecostal he spoke in a heavenly language i don't know whether enoch did that but it's a great thought he walked with god and he talked with god and he just in an intimacy with god and in people's eyes enoch was strange but one day god said you know enoch we are together every day why don't you come and be with me where i live and enoch said okay let's go so what the lord did he took enoch with him and enoch disappeared so and genesis 5 says enoch walked with god and he was no more and god took him now i want you to notice that enoch never did anything great you know there's no big accomplishment attributed to him you know he never started a big ministry he didn't raise dead people he never saw miracles he, he you know there's nothing like he wasn't a great leader you know we talk about leadership he wasn't a great leader he wasn't a great preacher he wasn't a great anything he just walked with god and that one thing that he did with his life walking with god was so pleasing to god that god testified of enoch the, uh, about his faith because he walked with god by faith so much so that enoch the guy who never accomplished anything great except walking with god he ended up in hebrews 11 the hall of fame of the heroes of faith hallelujah i think that is wonderful enoch walked with god and he was no more for god took him so i would say this that faith is walking with god beloved walking with god let us walk with god especially those of us who are uh, in the ministry i was talking to um, one brother today and he did uh, he was he's a minister of the gospel used god used him greatly did huge crusades preached in some of the biggest churches in the world and you know and he says i just got tired of the showmanship he one day he woke up and realized it was a lot of it was showmanship and it was all about the money and the power and how big your ministries how big your churches and he said it wasn't about jesus and i got sick of it and he had a great awakening in his personal life and he says from that on moment onward it was not about me it was not about my ministry because when jesus exposed this to me i realized how big my ego was he says i thought i was okay but i actually had a major ego because it was all about me and me being successful and it was not about jesus so that really his testimony really touched me so uh, remember beloved let us walk with god because see when you walk with god one thing it does it cleans out all the junk it cleans out all the sin it cleans out all the lack of integrity and all the selfishness and and, and the egotism the e- ego is the worst thing and walking with god will clean those things out and will make us clean and may the lord help us to walk with god so faith as i said in the case of abel faith is a sacrifice and in the case of enoch faith is walking with god let us walk with the lord and seek 
intimacy and fellowship with Jesus and spend time at the feet of Jesus and be with him, not because we want anything, but be with him for the sake of being with him because he is wonderful. I mean, we should want to be with him because he is the giver of life. Everything we are, we have, it is because of him. So let us, let us seek that intimacy, beloved, wherever in the world you are. If you're watching me, listen, don't seek success. Don't seek a ministry. Believe me, don't seek a big ministry. Don't seek success. Don't seek recognition. But let us seek, you and I, let us seek to be in the presence of Jesus to walk with him. Hallelujah. So God took Enoch with him and Enoch was no more because he walked with God. Faith is walking with God. Then we go to verse number six. Then it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. That means that all these things that they did, that uh, Abel did, Enoch did, and then later on we'll read about Moses and Noah, and all of these things they did, it was by faith. So he says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We cannot please God without faith, for he who comes to God must believe that he is God is. He is. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Jesus, his presence, his manifested presence with me, with you in our midst, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when I said, let us walk with God like Enoch walked with God. Is it possible to walk with God? Yes. Why? Because God always meets those who diligently seek him. Those who seek him with all their hearts will always find him. Praise God. Let us be seekers of God. Those who seek God will always find God. Hallelujah. Then it says here, uh, then it says here in uh, about Noah. Let's look at verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, preparing an ark for the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. This is interesting because it says Noah, <coughs> God warned him of things that would happen in the future that were not seen as yet. In fact, Noah had no evidence that those things were, would ever happen but God spoke to them. But it says that he was moved with fear. And the word fear here means reverence, holy reverence, the reverence of God. So Noah was a man who lived in the fear of God. Uh, he lived in the holy reverence of God. He, holy reverence is also a kind of respect, respect and reverence for God. So when God spoke to him and God told Noah, about something that never happened before, had never happened before to the earth, and and that it would, you know, and there was no evidence that it could ever happen. So what it was, what God told him is going to rain and there's going to be a flood. Now, at that time, uh, it had never rained because the earth was watered by some kind of mist. That's what the Bible says and it had not rained, so there were no oceans. So God was telling him of something, and nobody knew what a boat was. I mean, of course, there were no rivers, there was no oceans, there were no boats. So God told Noah to build this vessel, 
and even gave him the design for it and gave him uh, the dimensions and told him what kind of wood he was used he would use and all that and Noah it says that he was moved with holy reverence of God he was moved by the fear of God and the fear of God that he lived in the reverence of God that he had in his heart was to so much that he actually obeyed God and he built this massive structure which was a, a turned out to be an ocean going vessel a ship and that saved his house and because of that it says he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith so faith is to be moved by obedience uh, is to be moved to obedience by the reverence of God. Faith is to be moved to obedience by the fear of God. Faith is when we obey God because we have the fear of the Lord in our lives and uh, the fear of the Lord, the holy reverence of the Lord. We have that because we have that in our lives. So we have this attitude. I dare not disobey God. I am going to obey God. I'm going to do what God told me to do, even though it sounds totally outlandish. So that's what faith is. Faith is going to move you to obey God. Hallelujah. Now, then it says here in verse 8 to 10, by faith, Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise for he looked for a city which has foundations whose builders and builder and maker is God. Now this is, this is striking because you know, Abraham, he lived in modern day Iraq and God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to go to this place, which is your inheritance. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and I'm going to give you this land. So what he did, he didn't have a map. He just, he was just given a loose kind of description and he obeyed God and he started on his journey together with his, his, you know, his, uh, uh, with his wife, Sarah and his cousin Lot who followed along. And so they started going in the direction where God told him to go. And so they, it says in verse nine that uh, some people say, seem to believe that Abraham never came to the land. He actually did come to the land. Abraham was in the promised land. But verse 9 says something interesting. It says by faith <coughs> he sojourned in the land of promise. That word sojourn is a key word because sojourn means to dwell in a place as a visitor, as a temporary dweller. Like I live in Lancaster County. This is where I have my house where my family but when I'm preaching in, uh, say, Lusaka, Zambia, I can't, I don't tell people I'm living in Lusaka, Zambia. I'm actually sojourning there because I'm just passing through. I'm just passing through because I know that as much as I love Africa, 
uh, Zambia is not my home. I go there. I know that I'm there for a time. So I'm sojourning. So this is interesting because Abraham was promised this land flowing with milk and honey. And he actually arrived there. It says he sojourned in the land of promise. So he came to the land of promise, but he dwelt there as a temporary dweller. And in fact, it says like in a strange country, which means a foreign country. So Abraham came to this land that God had actually promised him. But when he came there, he dwelt there as a temporary dweller who is dwelling, who is sojourning, passing through a strange country, which is not his own. And then it says he dwelt in tabernacle. A tabernacle is a tent. So he lived in a tent. He didn't even build a house for himself. He lived in a tent. <coughs> and not only that, but his son Isaac also lived in a tent and his grandson Jacob also lived in a tent. So at least three generations of that family uh, lived in that land that God had promised them. But they lived there as temporary dwellers, didn't even build a house, but they lived in a tent. Why? Then it tells us why he was a, he looked at himself as a sojourner, as one who was passing through. It says, verse 10, for he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Wow. So what had happened is this is my understanding of this. When Abraham started his walk of faith, his obedience, his walk of obedience and faith. During that walk, he saw God begin to show him a vision of something greater. He began to catch a vision of heaven and only we don't know exactly what he saw. But by the time he arrived in the promised land, he was so full of this vision of heaven, of the glories of, of, of heaven that he, he came to the land and, and he had spent so much time there looking at that. Though when he came to this land, he said, you know what? I'm not really satisfied. This is not what I really want. I mean, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave me this, but this is not it. I want that. So that heavenly vision consumed him to the place to the uh, to the extent that that earthly promise which God had given him and actually fulfilled his promise and given to him uh, feel it felt like nothing that was not what he really wanted he wanted that it says so he came to the land of promise uh, the promised land the land of Israel as we know it now you know that's the physical entity physical country of Israel the homeland of the Jewish people. He came there and but he came there and he lived there like a temporary dweller, like somebody who was just passing through and he didn't even build a house for himself. He lived in a tent and he passed that that sentiment onto his son and to his grandson. So we know three generations there lived in tents, never, never even built a house and they lived there. This is key. They lived there as strangers and sojourners. You know why? Because he looked for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for another city. He was looking for the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. 
You know, some people are fixated with the present Jerusalem, but God is giving us a new Jerusalem whose builder and maker is God. The earthly Jerusalem was built by man, but there's a new Jerusalem. And one day the earthly Jerusalem will be destroyed. And there's a new Jerusalem that is coming down for us believers. And Abraham had caught a glimpse of that city. And so he was longing for that. And so because of that, you know, he said, I know I came here because God promised me this land and I do have that land. And thank you, Lord, I have this, but this is not what I really want. I mean, thanks, but this is not what I really want because this journey of faith from where I started in Ur, you know, and here to here, doing the journey of faith, my walk with God, my experiences with God, my and doing my entire walk, I have been changed and transformed that to the point that this doesn't mean anything, but I'm longing for that city, that eternal city, that wonderful city whose gates are made of pearl where the streets are paved with gold. And I am looking for that city and compared to that, Everything on earth is nothing. So faith, listen to this. Faith, Abraham's faith, is to live possessed by a vision of heaven, which is greater than anything on earth. Faith is to live your life totally fixated on a vision of heaven, which is far more wonderful than all the most wonderful things here on earth. That is what faith is. Faith lives with a heavenly vision. Faith lives with an eternal vision. A man or a woman of faith lives with an eternal vision. You know why? Because that is where Jesus is. His longing is to be with Jesus and his longing is to, he, he yearns for heaven. Paul says, it's better for me to be, you know, absent from the body and present to the Lord, but I'm here for the sake of the church, he said. But his heart, that was what his heart pined for, longed for, because he was a man of faith. A man of faith always lives his life consumed by a vision of heaven. And compared to that vision of heaven, even the most wonderful, the most expensive and the precious things on the earth mean absolutely nothing. But you know why he's longing for that city? Because that city is eternal and Jesus is in that city. Hallelujah. And one day you and I are going to be in that city and we are going to break the bonds of earth and we are going to rise up and I'm going to see Jesus and be with him forever. Beloved, faith is to live our lives on this earth, consumed by the vision of that city. And because we are consumed by the vision of that city, that is one of the factors that keeps us holy, that keeps us pure, that keeps us walking with God in holiness and purity and in faith and, uh, and you know, living to please him, living for his glory and for his kingdom. Well, let us stop here, but I want to repeat that once more. Faith is to live your life possessed with a vision of heaven, which is greater than anything that this earth can give. Because on this earth, everything is temporary, but that is eternal. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you 
for your hand upon our lives. Thank you, Father, that we all live, Father, may we all live with a heavenly vision and be consumed by it to live for you, for your glory. And our greatest desire is that one day we will see you face to face and we will walk on those golden streets with you and worship you forever. Thank you, Father, for my brothers and sisters. If there be any sickness or disease in their homes, in the name of Jesus, let those things be cursed. I speak blessing upon them, healing and life. And may we all serve you with great gladness in our hearts and bear much fruit for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.